Vulture and welcome to the Talking Blarney podcast, where we call out Hollywood for its paddywhackery in films and TV about Ireland. My name is Stuart McNamara, and I'm here with my co-host, Rod Cross. Close enough. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there, Rob. I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. So, Stu, what are we doing this week? Well, uh, I think we'll start off uh, with our little segment, Uniquely Irish. Oh, of course. In which today we're going to talk about one of Ireland's greatest food groups, the Tato. Yes. I suppose, like, they're crisps... Or, if you're an American, chips. Yeah, we have that distinction, so... We sure do. I suppose that Tato is, I would say, quintessentially the Irish uh, crisps, would you say? Oh yeah, very much so. I mean, it's, it's everywhere, we eat it all the time. I, I, it's got to, we take this very seriously. It, it, we have a theme park. Oh, we do. We do I have, have a, a bit a t- of the information about oh, the theme park. Yeah. I mean, just to give people, like, there's Mr. Tato was the mascot for this. He's a very, I would say, quite a well-recognised Irish figure. Yeah, I mean, you compare him to the likes of uh, Mr. Pringle, say, in terms of popularity and recognisability. Chester Cheeto on the Cheetahs in America. Yeah, I suppose. Something like that. So actually, it was founded in 1954. Mm-hmm. Been around for quite a long time. I'm pretty sure all of our parents would have never lived in a Tato-less world. Tato-less world. <laughs> it's such a horrible thing. To <laughs> just like, oh, we got some King Crisps. <laughs> and then the really weird thing is that there's the Northern Irish variety of yeah. Tato's. Most people don't know there's two varieties of Tato's. There's one in the North and one in the South, which kind of goes well into this whole film here. Yeah, it I mean, ties together quite well. It ties together quite well. The war wasn't over Tato's in the North, though. We'll talk about that in a No. Uh, but the funny thing is, Northern Ireland Tato Company actually licensed the recipe and name yeah. from us, so it's actually the same. I would, like, if you, you, you would notice the difference if you see the two different packets, and the Mr. Tato as well is slightly different, but, you know, they're the same, Chris. So I've had both of them. They're, they're the same. Yeah, absolutely delicious. Some other crisps that they make that would bring you back to your childhood right away. Oh, yeah. We have chickadees. Never liked them. Bacon fries. Eh. Mighty Munch. No. Chipsticks. Yes. I thought we were losing you there for a sec, Rob. <laughs> we're never going to get to one that you liked. Then we have waffles. Oh, I never, I don't think I've ever had those. Those I, are the uh, the circular crisscross shapes. Oh, I know. I, know them to see. I don't think I've ever had them, though. I think they're bacon flavour. Yeah. Uh, then we have wheelies. They were okay. And Johnny Onion Rings. They were lovely. I love all of those. I remember the snacks one. They were really nice. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, they were. They were my favourite. And of course, if you're getting potatoes, it's cheese and onion is the preferred one. Yeah. I mean, salt and vinegar is okay, but come on. I'm definitely in a minority that I absolutely hate vinegar. It's not bad, but I yeah. don't like a heavy amount of it. But then, uh, what would you say to an old uh, potato sandwich now? Oh, I'm very partial to a potato, <laughs> potato sandwich there, Stu. I, um, I think like Americans would look at us in a funny way, like you put crisps or chips in a sandwich. You're damn right we do. Yeah. What you'll realise is that it's actually delicious. Two slices of white bread, a lot of butter, and a packet of potatoes. What would now, now when I do it, now I think Stu might, it might be, this might be oh. controversial, Stu. So I, I use the bread, I use mayo. Mayo. And a bit of cheese, grated cheese, then the potatoes go in. You're talking about something more gourmet than I, I'm just saying. I, I'm now. just saying it's give it a go, give it a go. At some point, but oh god, you just get... plain bread and butter and potatoes for me. I'll tell you, if the pub would charge nine euro for that, I'd be in there. Now, Rob, another thing. Do you remember Mr. Potato's autobiography? I know it existed. Did Frank Kelly write this or something? Because I think I saw him in. I think he was he was included in it in some way. Yeah. So it's the incredible story of one man's journey from the tilling fields of Ireland to become the nation's top potato. And it's called the Man Inside the Jacket, which is great. An entire That's autobiography. That's how much we love this food. And as Rob said, we also have the Tato Park, which is a huge theme park 
dedicated entirely to crisps. Yeah, I mean, it's not entirely crispy. There are like roller coasters. Oh, well, and of course, other but things mean, there, but it's you know, it's like Disney branded. Ones. Yeah, instead of Disney, which has all of the Disney princesses, yeah. Star Wars. It's just loads of potato. Mm-hmm. Started in 2010 in County Meath. Um, it has Ireland's only wooden roller coaster, the Coo Cullen. I believe after this lovely pandemic lockdown ends, they're starting construction on a much larger roller coaster, Ooh. Uh, which should be interesting. I think it's opening sometime next year, so get get your tickets booked. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, not sponsored. Not sponsored. The last thing then they have is actually a zoo. And what I really they have curious, a zoo. Yeah, they have a zoo. And what I'm curious about is <laughs> which of the animals enjoy potatoes. I, I mean, it's a, it's a fair point. Like, uh, my old dog did occasionally eat potatoes. She, she certainly didn't dislike them. Yeah, of course not. I don't know if you could feed them. I mean, those are just fried potatoes. So, I mean, probably not necessarily bad for anyone, but... I'm sure they probably have offcuts or something at the potato factory. Like a pig would eat it, I'd say. Not the most exciting animal to do, Rob, but to each their own. It's <laughs> 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 like, what you see at the zoo, Rob? Ah, there were some pigs, a few cows. She just went around the farm. I might have. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, now into the movie for the week, The Foreigner. So it's based on the book The Chinaman by Stephen Leather. And it's the story of Ngoc Min Kwan. Apologies. He we're was... not Vietnamese, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're, we're Irish. Like, we're doing our very best here. Yeah, he was a Vietnamese Special Forces operative who moved to London with his daughter Fan. While going to purchase a dress, she is caught in an IRA bombing, killing her. Now Kwan must use all of his Special Forces skills to hunt down the people responsible for her death including threatening former IRA member and current Deputy First Minister of Northern Ireland. Pretty big movie. Yeah, um, it is. I think the first thing we should address is a bit about the IRA and the conflict in the North before we get into it. At yeah. some point in the future, we will do a total episode on all of the information, but this is just kind of a, an overview. Yeah, and it, it, it's important to kind of say here that myself and Stu are both from, you know, the South, if you will, the Republic, Republic of Ireland. Ireland. We're both from, I wouldn't really say a nationalist background, per se. We didn't really grow up when the Troubles were bad. We're much more Southern than any counties which would have actually come into contact with the Troubles, as yeah. they were known. You might might disagree with kind of our view on this, but when we were quite young, the kind of peace deal started and it it kind of put a a generally an end to a lot of this. In the simplest way I can condense 800 years of history down to. On the island of Ireland, there is the Republic of Ireland, not as Ireland is its legal name, which is consists of 26 counties on the island. And this is a separate country. It's been independent since 1922. And it's been a republic and completely separate from the United Kingdom, England, basically, since 1949. Now, the other six counties on the island in the north, called Northern Ireland, are part of the United Kingdom of Great Britain. And they're not part of this country. And they were partitioned in 1920 while we were fighting for our independence from the British Empire. And due to the British planters uh, planting people there, generally Protestant, to kind of change the Irish population up there. And that was very effective, as opposed to the rest of Ireland, which was overwhelmingly Catholic. Now, out of that, there you have a Unionist community which want to stay part of the United Kingdom, want Northern Ireland to remain part of the United Kingdom, and a nationalist community who would rather join up with the 26 counties in the rest of Ireland as one independent Irish Republic. So that's kind of as simple as I can make it. Skipping over a lot there. Skipping over a lot there. I think to condense it down a bit, a long time ago, the UK did what it does and colonised its closest neighbour, Ireland. Yes, yeah. 
Uh, we weren't happy with that, and so we've been fighting back ever since. Yeah. And so in recent times, after the 1920s, when we had most of the island back through many, many years of fighting for our independence, mm-hmm. a group of, some would say freedom fighters, some would say terrorists, yeah. were trying to get back those extra six counties that we had ceded to get autonomy for the rest of the yeah. island. And so that's kind of where the troubles came in. We were actually fighting for what was known as home rule, which is pretty much, okay, we're happy like having like the, the king or queen as the, the nominal figure heads, head of state, but we want our own parliament in Dublin, but we'll still let the UK take care of some like defence and like money and that kind yeah. of thing. It was just after we had a failed rising in 1916 during the First World War that when the leaders were executed, it kind of polarised it to, we're not, just going to take that anymore we want full independence yeah, exactly. yeah. so that's a bit of an overview yeah. um, not as much information as you need but we'll go into our future sorry if you're going to dump the of this <laughs> on people but we have to kind of just get it out of the way that you know yeah cut it off at the start so that we'll cut it you know what's going start. on well the first thing to talk about is the director now have you heard of Martin Campbell before I have, because uh, I, I know he did Casino Royale, the Bond film, and he did uh, he Golden did Eye as two well. two of them. He did Golden Eye yeah. and Casino Royale. He also did The Mask of Zorro, and his first movie, which I have to read out the description of because it's actually hilarious, is called The Sex Thief. Okay. Grant Henry, a writer of trashy paperbacks like The Dirty and the Dying, moonlights as a masked jewel thief who is usually caught in the act but is able to get away with his crimes by luring his female victims to bed. After these women lie to the police about the thief's identity, in brackets, who could disguise himself as a club-footed, collared midget one week, (laughs) and a six-foot-six Russian with a hair lip the next, close brackets. Can we review this film? (laughs) And seem to want to get burgled again. The inspector in charge of the case and an insurance investigator trained in Kung Fu decide to lay the trap for the thief. Brilliant. I cannot believe have this to look movie. This, I have to look this up. Like this. Hilarious. Please tell me there's like an Irish person that we can swing it and do it for this I hope podcast. so. I will find one if not. <laughs> and one other movie that he did, which will get a, a bit of a reaction from some of the audience members, Green Lantern. I haven't seen that, it. Yeah, that's the really bad one. Yeah. With Ryan Reynolds. So I've uh, heard it's bad. I haven't seen it. So I'm so the foreigner was actually a movie he did after Green Lantern. So clearly from a bad, bad movie to something I enjoyed. I know Rob didn't and we'll get into that yeah, a I bit didn't later on. like this too much. <laughs> the stars of the movie, obviously the main star we have is Jackie Chan playing, once again, I'm going to butcher this, Gok. <laughs> Min Kwan. So beyond just naming out a few of his roles, I thought I'd ask Rob to name as many as he could remember. Oh, um, <laughs> well, well, I mean, obviously his his most seminal work, uh, the Jackie Chan Adventures cartoon, that uh, that's by far the best. I remember it was it uh, Rumble in the Bronx, which is one of his earlier Hong Kong films. I've seen a dubbed version of that before he did his own English roles. It's the dubbing is very bad. They also dubbed the American actors, which I don't get in that film. That's weird. It is weird, yeah. I'm like, I think these guys probably speak English. I would assume so. I'd hope so. Because they're like dubbed with American accents. I, 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 it's really it's confusing. The wrong accent. Anyway, it's a good film, but watch the subtitle version is my advice to you. Drunken Master? I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. Oh, the, the cowboy ones with Owen Wilson. Uh, Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights. Very good. Uh, was he Rush Hour? No, yeah. that's... Well, sorry, this isn't yeah, Rush Hour, is it? Rush Hour. Grand. Remember the other two. There are two sequels to that movie. Rush Hour 2 and 3. <laughs> hey, there we go, Rob. He was in an awful film called The Tuxedo. Yep. I remember seeing that in the cinema when it came out. Do not watch that film. That is a abysmal. 
He's done a lot of films, yeah. hasn't he? I mean, we could go through way, way more, but uh, let's just cap it at that. He's yeah. done a lot, and he's an excellent actor, and in this, he gives another standout performance. So uh, the other main lead, really, then is Pierce Brosnan as Liam Hennessy, who's basically playing Jerry Adams. I think, like, okay, we can kind of say that Jerry <laughs> Adams himself kind of said on Twitter, I didn't realise Pierce Brosnan was so handsome <laughs> when, he saw, when he saw, like, a picture of him. And it's it's kind of hard not to say it. Look, it's clearly inspired by him certainly quite a lot quite a lot although of course Jerry Adams is never in the IRA so that it's obviously a fictional backstory as far as we know well he said he wasn't still okay so yeah we all know Pierce Brosnan he's been in multiple James Bond movies then we have Michael McAlatchem I I like how we we struggled with the Vietnamese name and also (laughs) (laughs) Ulster Scott's name it's an odd one as uh, Jim Cavanaugh I will say like I know these guys are kind of like from Northern Ireland and some of like the names you get in Northern Ireland are a bit different from the rest because there's more of a Scottish kind of influence. Yeah, there. it just caught me there. I thought I'd, I'd be able to read it. I never met someone with that name before. Maybe it yeah. is a Northern Ireland thing, like, and I'm not getting it. But I, I, that's the first time I've ever heard that name. Yeah, and he played uh, Roose Bolton in Game of Thrones. So another really great actor. Rob wouldn't know because he hasn't really watched Game of Thrones. I did recognize him from bits and bobs. I, I couldn't. Yeah, he's been in a few, yeah. in a few movies. Then we have Charlie Murphy as Maggie Dunn, who was in Love Hate. And Jesse Eden in the Peaky Blinders. I, I thought she was good. I, I, I it was funny. Like when I saw the name Charlie Murphy, I was like, "Isn't that Eddie bro- buddy, uh, Murphy's brother who is in, <laughs> is in the Dave Chappelle show?" And I was like, yeah, "That would, I would, that would be a get now for this." That movie. would be an interesting <laughs> casting choice. Orla Brady as Mary Hennessy, who I recognised because she plays a Romulan with an Irish accent in Star Trek Picard. Oh, which is weird. Very weird to see a Romulan with an Irish accent. Well, I, we're not reviewing that because she's in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's another reason we're going to review an episode of Star Trek at some point. Oh, yeah. it's not that one. It's not that one. So then we have uh, Ray Fearon as Commander Richard Bromley. The most he's known for really is on Coronation Street. He was on like 75 episodes of that. I didn't really recognize his other work. I thought oh, yeah. he was fine in this film. I just didn't really see no him anywhere else. And then we had Dermot Crowley as Hugh McGrath, who was actually in Return of the Jedi... As Crix Mandine and yeah. Father, Father Ted, Ted. <laughs> Father Ted as Father Liam Deliverance, so a dancing uh, priest, isn't it? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> Big names there, great cast. Like really, it is quite a spectacular. I think it is. For the movie. I mean, I th- obviously Jackie Chan is. Oh yeah, fantastic. And Pierce Brosnan, good actor. Oh, of course. Uh, I, we will I have some critiques of his performance, but that's <laughs> we'll <laughs> that's get for down to, the line. We'll get to that. So now we'll go into our highlights and we'll start with spoiler free so anyone who hasn't seen it yet can listen away. Uh, the first thing I wanted to point out is that just after the explosion, we know there's an explosion, Jackie kind of looks like your man Diamond Face from Die Another Day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm sure... I, I don't know if that was an intention. I'm pretty sure Martin Campbell didn't direct Die Another Day. But So when the explosion happens, Jackie Chan gets a load of glass stuck in his face. And he looks exactly like I, that the North Korean of... character who gets diamonds blasted into his face yeah. in Die Another Day. And that was Pierce Brosnan movie. So I thought it was a strange little connection there. It, it's, yeah, it, it is. And surely you take the diamonds out of your face. I mean, how difficult. Because <laughs> like, he's getting, like, sorry to go on a, a slight tangent here. But I mean, like, if you're getting, he's getting like genetic things in the, the movie to stop looking Korean and look more English. But they yeah. don't take the diamonds out of his face, even though they've obviously shaved his head and... Well, look, the bling, man. Yeah, you've got to keep them. I mean, it's, a, I'll give me, I grant you, it's certainly an expensive look. <laughs> Absolutely, but I don't know. It was, yeah, it's just funny. 
Uh, what did you think yourself, Rob? Any highlights? Um, I the highlights of the three were just anything where Jackie Chan was fighting. Oh, like, yeah. I know like he's obviously he's a bit older than he than he was. Oh, yeah, certainly, he still goes. But the thing about Jackie Chan is obviously he does a lot of his own stunts. I think he did a few bit less in this film because I'm pretty he's... sure he did all of his stunts in this. Okay, what I, what maybe. I read online. But he's very good at, at choreographing fights. I, I think that's kind of the real strength of this film is. He does really intense fights in close quarters and everything oh, else. Yeah. I mean, the bit towards the end where he's fighting the guys in the apartment, that's a fantastic, quick, brutal scene. Uh, I love the fight with Sean in, when he were, in, he's tracking him in the woods. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Andy a really... Hennessy's nephew. Yeah. Um, he, that's a re- I love that fight bit where like, they go over the log and stuff like that. and It's, it's really good. Yeah, he apparently trained with a Brazilian jiu-jitsu expert for months yeah to be at the level of jackie chan absolutely but i i think i every bit that he's fighting and or anything like that is yeah. brilliant and i i really do like the, the when he meets when kwan's kwang's and kwan kwan sorry <laughs> kwan meets uh liam hennessy in the first scene i i think that's probably the best acting bit in the film that isn't action i just yeah. i just like the whole interaction like he's kind of Kwan is really yeah. coming off as kind of the the John Rambo with like a bit of the Charles Bronson's character from Death Wish and I think it's probably Brosnan's best acting in the film just kind of being stoic and kind of pipe yeah, I, I, mean, I think it comes off very well I mean well. Jackie sells the, the yeah. heartbreak of it so well it, that, yeah it's very good I mean, scene there when we're so used to seeing Jackie Chan in comedic roles yeah to see how much he can do in a dramatic role like that is something else yeah I mean I don't we won't want to spoil it but there is a very heartbreaking scene towards the start of the film which it's in the trailers I mean like yeah, you can I mean, probably, yeah. look if you don't know that his daughter dies I said it in the overview yeah. so I okay, think we're good right. <laughs> I mean it's kind of a pivotal if point you, if you haven't watched movie. the first 20 <laughs> minutes of the film um, or, or seen the trailers I mean it's not called Jackie brings his daughter to get a dress <laughs> and nothing happens <laughs> yeah so basically his daughter dies and it is quite a heartbreaking scene because oh, the, yeah. the thing is like you know what's going to happen and it still catches you off guard I think a little bit yeah, I mean, yeah. like for really knowing the daughter so little, you really feel for her after the fact, even yeah. though it's it's almost so. Like the very start, he just picks her up from school and they go straight to get this dress for I assume a prom of some kind. I think it was her. It was basically she was graduating and going to college. I think it was for that something like yeah. that. Anyway, maybe graduation. <laughs> maybe I got or that something. wrong. But, but uh, uh, and so it's really quickly. I mean, she's only there in the car and then she's gone. Yeah, and it's very very quick. But you still get that through Jackie almost. Yeah. You get that really sad feeling for both I, of them. I think too a, a thing that one thing I do like about this film, one of the things that makes it kind of stand out is Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan were both cast against type. Fair. If you, if yeah. you kind of get what I mean, because Jackie is playing this effectively straight kind of badass role. Whereas even in the other films where he's like kicking people's asses, there's still a bit of a bit of com- com- comedy there, kind of a bit yeah, of comedic comedy. timing. He's... There isn't really any comedy at all in this film, I don't think. And no. in kind of a, another kind of comparison thing with Pierce Brosnan, usually cast as the good guy. True. I mean, yeah. I mean the thing is, I actually watched Mamma Mia with my girlfriend yesterday, where obviously he's like a very different character <laughs> in, in Mamma Mia, but it kind of gives you an idea of his range as an actor and him being like this anti-hero, maybe you could say. I don't, he's, I don't know if he's he's explicitly the bad guy in this, yeah, but it, it's not normally what he'd play. And I, I, I will credit him for that, at least. Yeah, with Jackie, I suppose you'd compare it to the likes of uh, Robin Williams when he played some more dramatic roles. I can definitely think there's a, there's a fair point to that, yeah. Because obviously you think of him as the comedian, but then he can, he can throw it out or hit it out of the park. 
When, knock, uh, knock it out of the park. <laughs> whichever one. We're not American. We don't know baseball terms. He got those ins into a touchdown. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that I thought was good, but I assume you'll shout me down for, is that the overall kind of portrayal of the IRA was pretty good. I, this is where I had issues. You know, they, um, you know, they had the kind of <laughs> tattoos that you'd associate with them. I, I think yes and no. I, I think I really take issue with this film for many reasons. Firstly, I, I just didn't enjoy it overall. I'll, I'll just say that now. I thought the pacing was all over the shop. I felt the actions were really well done, but it was just too much in between them. Yeah. I felt that really dragged it down. I didn't find a lot of the other characters compelling. I felt there were too many IRA characters almost that have too much of a backstory. I found yeah. it, it almost, like I had to watch this in more than one sitting. I found it hard to follow at times and it, it I, I, I just, I, I think it could have been I don't know if it's the director or I, I haven't read the book. I will say that I think maybe the book does a better job of it. But I just thought it it had a great idea, like just like you know Jackie Chan is just a badass yeah. kicking the crap out of people, and the IRA are there. Fair enough, but it just the execution just fell. I think if you, I'd actually if you made it shorter and cut out some of the the talking bits, it could be a more a better film. Yeah, well, there, that is always a trouble when you're translating a book to a movie, is how much to take out, yeah. how much to keep in. So I suppose there is that level to it. But I mean, just to get onto your point, Sari, Stu, about just the portrayal of the IRA, not inaccurate, I suppose. It kind of gets on the topic that they're, yeah. you know, Liam Hennessy's character is like, he's the first minister, deputy first minister, the title seems to change a lot. Yeah, don't get me wrong, I had a few yeah. issues with it as well, that I'll talk about in spoilers, but, but overall in, in, I in thought... A, in effect, it, it sort of says like, oh, he's like, he's, you know, was in the IRA, he's obviously, you know, gone down the political route, which is, that is true, we do have a power sharing thing in the North, which is like between unionists and nationalists, yeah. and people who take neither side, and that's, you know, people who did, did do terrible things in the past, were involved in the Troubles, yeah. are now looking, going down the path of peace, and basically, you know, looking, going down the political route, which is, I think that that, that is a, not an inaccurate portrayal, Yeah, but... I, I just felt the overall presentation the IRA is like oh they're really there secretly and stuff like that I felt is a little bit disingenuous that I'm like there are dissident republicans who call themselves the IRA still active act, active don't get me wrong I just felt that the scale that was being put forward in this film is a bit inaccurate and I yeah think, well you have to expect a certain amount of hyperbole in the I movie think anyway. so I mean I'm willing to say of course I can suspend my disbelief and watch a film I just felt with the way it was being presented is in particular because there is a point I make that a lot of this film was funded from China and it was like released yeah to a Chinese you could audience. notice a little bit of that there was a bit and there's a couple of other little little bits where yeah. I think there were some accommodations made for like an non-Irish audience. <laughs> I think but... at one point I noticed uh, someone pulls a beer out of the fridge and I thought it was going to be a Bulmer's yeah. and it was a Cobra and I was like, who drinks Cobra? I don't know anywhere you'd even get Cobra on tap in It's just like it had it. the same bottle and the same kind of gold mesh yeah. around the top it's also, but it was actually a Cobra beer. I think there's also a point in the film where I think someone says, have a proper whiskey, like have a, a Jameson single malt. Yeah, I was going to point that out in trivia. There, at that time, there was no Jameson single malt. Also, now they I, have Method and they Madness. Do. They do, yeah, but I, I will say that I don't know if anyone would even refer to Irish whiskey as a single malt. It's not inaccurate, but I would refer to Scotch that way. Certain types of Scotch that way, not Irish whiskey. But, yeah. Uh, at least at least they, they got like, Jameson is like the, the Irish whiskey and the... the Bushmills would be the Protestant Irish. Yeah. I think they got the other way around. I mean, that's in certain annoying. aspects. One other part that I just found kind of weird is at one point, the IRA bombers who called in that they were the ones who, who blew up hmm. the, the bank that, that they were attacking yeah. called themselves the Authentic UDI, 
which I didn't understand. But I found it funny that they made it an acronym that way. Because if they had all of the letters in acronym, it would have spelled uh, oh, Audi. Audi. <laughs> it's the Germans all along. <laughs> I don't know why they decided to call it the UDI. The only thing I could find online is unilateral declaration of in independence. The, from Rhodesia, I would presume. But yeah, that's not like that's definitely it. what they called themselves at the time. That's another but, thing as well. I I will just say like now I have a reasonable understanding of Irish history. I think yeah. and UDI is I'm not familiar with any time that's been used. You could perhaps argue. It when we declared our parliament which was sitting in exile and hiding from the British declared independence you could say that is technically a universal declaration of independence though we don't call it that but in terms of groups up there there was the UDA which is the Ulster Defence Association which was a unionist group and there's plenty of them so that it's an, un, it's yeah, an unusual it's a strange one I just found it very odd that I mean maybe that's for like a foreign audience but people know that the, the, the IRA more than they would the UDI yeah, of so course I mean you know, I just thought it was I just thought it was weird Look, that, that's what I'd say there's IRA graffiti everywhere isn't there I mean there's everywhere in Ireland anyway I assume it's the same in all other countries <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose now we'll get on to some spoilers so Cut here if you want to actually go and watch the movie and then come back, or just listen on. What did you think? Any uh, spoilerific things that you want to mention? Well, I, I mean, I will say one. Of, I don't know if this is necessarily a spoiler, but one of my favorites in the film, which I thought was really, I guarantee Jackie Chan did this bit, was where he's in the fighting the guys in the house, and like he jumps into the little kind of loft area when they come into the bedroom. Oh yeah, and he yeah. kicks his way out of the roof tiles. Oh yeah, yeah. So, I I really like that bit. I must say. Yeah, I mean it, it's classic Jackie Chan. I mean he yeah. he's hiding out in a B and B in Belfast for some reason. The the old lady who runs it gives him up or something, or at least opens the door for all the IRA. Lines. I presume it's like she knew they like she was on the take with them or something. I I that's yeah. I it's not really explained. I presume like let's just say like she maybe it was her cousin was one of the guys there. Possibly I, I it, it was odd, but Jackie just. Does his thing. It's a great fight scene. I mean, he actually did that scene where he jumps off the roof onto a pole and slides down it and like jumps back in through one of the windows. That's great. I mean, I gotta say, the, like I said, I will praise the action scenes in this film completely. They're very well done. But I, I just love that. I would never have even thought in my own mind of, oh, I'm, I have to get away from people. I kick through the bloody roof tiles and jump out in the roof. That's yeah. just, I love that bit. That's, that, I really, I watched that scene like three times. That's really good. <laughs> um, I, if I can talk more about this story, I think it's, personally, I thought it was very convoluted at times. There's too many characters introduced. In... There was a bit. I mean, you know, like near the start, you have the clumsy IRA lad who drops his keys and then reveals the one revealing characteristic that gets him caught for the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's just stupid. Whereas, like, he has a burn mark on his hand and he drops the keys, picks it up, and it's like, that's it. We found out who it is because he has a burn mark. Um, also, just... I, I don't know. Um, Liam's wife... That's, that's Mary, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it is. And obviously his nephew is Sean, who yeah. he brings over. And Sean and Mary are having an affair. Yeah. Now, Sean is Liam's nephew. And now it doesn't imply which side of the family he's on, but... I would have to assume it's on Liam's side. Yeah, cause I, as I'm just saying, it's... I've read other views online that do use the I word to describe what they're doing. And I'm like, I don't think yeah, that's the case. It, it's still weird. It is weird. Yeah, I mean... I know that SNL kind of had a few jokes about Ireland being a weirdly incestuous country. Yeah, I... don't do that. No, that's... I, I would say that's just what kind of really caught me off guard. That's very odd. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if... like I don't know. If, is that something that people associate with Ireland outside of Ireland? Like, please leave a message. Well, we'll I, I've never... I've, I've never... Movies. I've never heard of that, but that's... We'll um, definitely find out if we keep doing these movies. I just anyway. found that was very odd. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, as I was saying, spoiler, like, oh, and then she was actually behind it the whole time. And I'm like... Yeah, she was... Because her brother was killed, was by, killed the UBF, by the UBF. And, and he, and Liam Hennessy, let them off. He didn't kill them before getting to trial. Yeah, and I, I, I can understand fair enough. It's like your there's kind of a parallel there between um Quan's daughter dying and your brother and her Mary's brother dying. Uh but at the same time, surely if you're basically a former IRA commander and you're current like the head of the Republican political thing in Northern Ireland and it's your wife doing this, I think you'd probably know about it beforehand. Yeah, you'd hope so anyway. I so I, I just thought like it, it fair enough as a reveal, oh it's shocking and then one of his mates is in it, but um, I just felt that kind of really came out of nowhere. I I didn't particularly like that as a twist. I because everyone thinks oh Liam was going to do it. So I mean I think like Liam is kind of not exactly innocent, but at the same time he's not the main bad guy. Which I think at least that's fine. But I I just I yeah, don't know. I, mean, I, I just didn't particularly like that. For me, I thought it was good. Just in terms of there was a lot of showing and not telling. Where with Jackie's character, he's ex special forces. Yeah during like the Vietnam War. So once he decides that he's going to go off and find out who killed his daughter, he goes to Belfast and he, you can see that he's just driven. He gets a load of equipment from a Wix, which is like a, a homeware store. Yeah. Goes over there and creates a little bomb in uh, the toilets. And it's only like maybe an hour into the film that it's actually revealed that he was special forces. So you really see how good he is. And then later on, it's kind of, Oh, this is how he gets it. Yeah, and I, I think it's the kind of reveal, if you haven't like read the book or anything, it, it, it is kind of interesting that he, he does have that kind of background, because I suppose you don't, it's not the way you'd immediately think. Yeah. And it kind of adds this badass thing, and it uh, I, I, I found it kind of interesting. I, I, I think like, he gives a fantastic performance in this film, Jackie Chan. Oh, yeah. I won't take away from that. That's the highlight <laughs> for me. I love the one scene where he goes science guy and starts making nitroglycerin in the yeah. B&B. <laughs> uh, he's got the great. glasses on, he's like big tubs of ice and stuff. <laughs> I mean, I really like that that those bits and uh, tracking scenes as well, where he's going around Liam's massive estate. Oh and yeah, then, like, like it, he has the Sean, the other guys after him is really. Like good. You said earlier on, like it's something out of Rambo. Like he is just a yeah. one man army killing everyone. I, I, I mean, I got, I cannot praise. Well, actually, I should say he kills no one except for the people who actually planted the bomb that killed his daughter. Yes, that's a fair point. And also, like he's arguably defending himself against the other guys. So it's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I found it really funny at one point where he's like, in the stables in Liam Hennessy's little farm. Yeah. Because there's just a guy there, and I swear to God, I call I called him uh, Discount Jason Statham. He, <laughs> he actually, just, yes. he, exactly. If you're watching the movie, you'll see that there's one guy, he just looks like... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This guy gets stayed. He's like, we can't get stayed them, so we got this guy instead. And I, they honked at him. <laughs> that, yeah, it's, it's pretty there. funny. I think it'll be like a joke. You know, Jason said it was in that film where like he uses a hurley as a weapon. Yeah, yeah, we'll try to get to that one if we can find enough in it to, to warrant. <laughs> oh, there's nothing Irish. He just has a hurley <laughs> yeah. for some reason. <laughs> we'll just do that clip. We'll do the whole episode on that one clip and praise um, him into to high heaven. Can I talk about Beers Brosnan's performance as Liam Hennessy. Go ahead, yeah. Okay, I said I like Pierce Brosnan as an actor. He is one of my second favorite Bond. I even like myself, but I say myself and the girl watched it. My girlfriend made me watch Mamma Mia last, <laughs> and I thought he gave a good performance in it. By no means is he a fantastic singer, but as we've seen from our first episode, neither Sean Connery, so not exactly a bad thing. I like him as an actor. I think his Northern Irish accent in this film was atrocious. Yeah. I thought it wasn't great. Now, Pierce Brosnan is Irish. Yeah. I mean, he's from... He grew up, like, he left Ireland when he was quite young in the UK, but he effectively grew up around Navin. He does have a Navin accent he can speak with, but I thought... I presume he was going for, like, a West Belfast accent. Probably I would have similar. just assumed he was doing Jerry Adams as, as, yeah. as much as he could within the limits of slander and... Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah, so... I, I think it's kind of a case where like Pierce Brosnan has an Irish accent anyway, and he, that's fine. But I think he just, I think it just didn't sound right. And it's, I think like maybe to an international audience, it sounded fine. But I thought, you know, it just sounded a little bit off. Particularly as he's someone who's Irish, I think that maybe it could have been changed a bit. At, at the same time, it is something that has become a theme throughout our episodes that yeah. Irish people trying to do different Irish accents doesn't work. Is difficult at the very least and as you said doesn't work because i think the like, thing about weird. it is is that for a small island as we said before we have a lot of different yeah, accents. We definitely have a lot even, of accents. even within like you know cities like dublin and belfast there's multiple different accents yeah. and i don't know for some reason one part of the country sometimes struggle to do an accent from another part of the country yeah without making it kind of almost a lampooned cartoony version of yeah. the accent like we, we can all do like a you know like our northern irish accent or like a north dublin accent but we we can't do it properly and we'll just yeah, sound you, like anyone else from ireland place. would be able to tell that you're not actually from there yeah. while doing it so i mean i don't but not to take i thought his performance was good i just felt the accent wasn't quite right and it yeah. maybe it's something that it only yeah, Irish people yeah, notice probably but, enough for an international audience yeah. I will say like there was a lot of the actors were actually Irish in this that were playing like the IRA people yeah, and, and like Marion I, I didn't really take as much an issue with some of their accents I, I thought they not all of them had northern accents yeah Th- there was definitely the the younger fella in the bomber guy he, he had a southern accent definitely is he in Kiran I think was it or possibly I, I think I, it was a bit hard to keep track of the names but and I think Mary's accent was fine as well so I think like overall these were Irish actors I think that was fine obviously they had to kind of insist on Northern Irish accents because of people associate that with this kind of thing yeah. but yeah it was fine uh, I'm not going to even comment on Jackie Chan's accent I have no idea if that's an accurate Vietnamese accent but we're yeah, not yeah we're definitely not the people we're not the people <laughs> but to say well no because he came to Vietnam through China, so it would have been yeah. a Chinese accent 
I, yeah, I think it's actually just one thing I, I, I will just note. It was a little bit unclear as, is he ethnically like Chinese or is he Vietnamese? Well, I'm not... Well, considering the name of the book is The Chinaman. Yeah. And they say it about six times in the movie. They do, yeah. <laughs> Every time, just roll credits. They've yeah. said The Chinaman, it's time to... So, yeah. So, I think that's... Maybe it is clarified, but I just missed it. But I think it's... Yeah, I either think he... either way, I think he is a good good, yeah, good character. I Definitely relatable yeah. I mean, in a way. One of my favourite scenes was definitely just him doing car exercises in the mountains. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was something. Just like working out with the door and then pushing his little truck up a hill. I yeah, that was is that's not an Irish thing. I'll say that I've never seen. It. I know, but it still looked great. <laughs> it did look great. I just it was odd. <laughs> Interesting choice. What, what did you think as well? Just about the the kind of main plot, where like obviously the IRA kind of bombing things again, which is from what. You get in the movie, it it is a little complicated, yeah, and it's hard to follow. But I think <laughs> the plan was that Liam Hennessy wanted to use bombings where no one was killed, yeah, to help get IRA members who were in jail out of it. Out. Yeah, I got that much, but the I I just thought, but that, and yeah, but the Crowley's character was kind of going rogue. Yeah. And wanted to actually kill British people to elevate it. I think is yeah, and I think this is just one of the things I did have as an issue. Now, not to say that the IRA didn't kill innocent people and bombings in the UK. Of course they did. There's many instances of that, and I don't want to take away from that. And I don't want to be defending the IRA. I want to make that very clear. I don't support their aims. Or I'm going to cut that out. I'm going to say Yeah, that. You're, this is... This is I'm going to have it say that you highly support the IRA. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just like... I, the, there's a thing... It, like, these... Innocent people dying, like particularly with a bomb. Effectively, it's a, a copy of the Harrods bombing attack at the start of the film. Then they blow up the double decker bus, and then they're talking about killing a member of the cabinet. I think the Home Secretary. I don't think it's clarified. They put the laptop bomb, which I thought was an interesting concept, the laptop bomb thing, and putting it on the plane like that. Not, it didn't really go for innocent targets. Generally, it would always be targets of military value. And yeah, well, they were trying to go for the bank. Yes, and but I, it but... was weird that. Rather than waiting until they got a better parking spot, they decided to park right in front of the dress shop, which was next yeah. to the bank. It, it's just kind of a bit off. And I think as well what the IRA were kind of... Well, one of the things they were known when it came to bombings was they would generally do a warning. They'd ring up yeah. to the cops and kind of say, look, we have, we're have we going to let off a bomb in Belfast City Centre in 15 minutes. You have the time to evac and they'd give like a code word, which would be, oh, we know it's them. So yeah. we know it's it's serious. Yeah, we have not to a prank call. It's not a prank call. And like, they did do like no warning bombs. Like, I think that's just something that particularly people like my bearers generation who grew up, they you would have known that warning would be in and then they'd have to evacuate the area. So I felt that was a bit jarring and I think it isn't, I'm not saying that hasn't happened in the past or, you know, there we have, haven't done that. But I felt it was a bit maybe different or maybe yeah. inaccurate. And I want to kind of just mention that because I think it is worth mentioning. Definitely. <laughs> One thing that I, th- I thought about with this movie, just kind of got the gears turning in my head, is uh, the idea of this movie kind of being Vietnamese guerrilla warfare versus Irish guerrilla Irish warfare. warfare. And I think that they should either have a series of movies or like a Hunger Games where they just have various guerrilla fighters they, versus other... They did do guerrilla this. Fight- they did? They did. I think it was the History Channel or National Geographic. They did like these shows and it was like a bunch of people... Like, like it was like Roman centurions versus like Greek soldiers. And they did ones like the Mafia versus East End Gangsters. And they did one with the IRA versus the Taliban. Nice. Um, That's I, exactly what I was thinking. The IRA won. Of course the IRA won. <laughs> we, we invented guerrilla warfare. Well, no. When I say we, I mean IRA. 
Damn it, Stu, you have it. Not we, the IRA. <laughs> it's like, gee, this talking Larry podcast went into an IRA recruitment tool. So sure, I didn't even know. Oh, God. We're going to get arrested. Uh, I will say, I'm pretty sure it's up on YouTube. You can look up the... I can't remember what the thing was called. Yeah, but, but I want like a big budget Hollywood series of movies or Hunger Games style movies. I love... It was just great, though, because they had it was like five and five and they each had their own unique weapon. And one of the unique yes. IRA weapons was a flamethrower. That, that makes... That, no I, sense, but okay. And you incinerated one of the Taliban guys. One of the Taliban guys was a suicide bomber, so they already were down like one. From the stars. <laughs> and the best thing is, like, the, the, how they win it is it gets like three on one, and the IRA guy has his secret as a car bomb. Oh. And then you just see the two Taliban guys in like a caravan because it's taking place in like a junkyard, and he's like realizes, oh no, and he tries to get out, and it just cuts to his eyes and it blows. <laughs> oh. oh my god. <laughs> Talking of car bombs, I did also enjoy that scene where Jackie just fucks with him by making yeah. a fake car bomb and showing just how close it could have been. Like, he yeah. didn't wire it up so that it would blow, but he showed that if he had, it would have been yeah. a pretty big explosion. And obviously, car bombs are quite synonymous with the IRA. Yes. And as an aside to that, if you ever order an Irish car bomb, the don't do that. Drink. Don't, because that yeah. is a horrible thing to do when it's associated with the deaths of innocent people. Yeah, don't, like, no one in this country would, would do that. I've had Americans over here trying to be funny and do that, and it's like, yeah. you just go to get some looks and like, what did you just say? That yeah, it's not a good thing. But yeah, it was a, it was a clever kind of... Because you think he's going to get come up. to bits. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, but, it, you know, it's, it's a clever kind of holding up the mirror to the IRA when mm. they are so, you, so yeah. frequently have done it in the past, and he's using it as a scare tactic on them. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, I thought more good bits like that, and it's... Did yeah. you think it was weird that all the photographers could get so close to the carnage at the very start? Yes. I mean, they have people blasted apart just out in the street. And they're just there taking pictures. And the photographers pictures. and the news people are just right up against it, and it's... Like, like I have... I thought that wouldn't happen. Like, I mean, I I hate to bring up a, another horrific bombing, but, like, if you look at the Oma bombing, which was in yeah, 98... Yeah, they, they referenced was, that in the movie. Yeah, which was... um. It was kind of when there was a truce on and Spinter 7 and the IRA went off and kind of blew up this bomb and in Omaz, a town in the Northern Ireland. And a load of innocent people died, including some children. And there's just this very harrowing footage from it. And you get that kind of vibe off it. And I can remember being very young at the time and remembering bits of that. But otherwise, you wouldn't have photographers in like that. That's, no, not that. That was very unrealistic. It was just strange. Yeah. I mean, obviously... Part of that is to set up the camera guy who gets tricked into taking by the, uh, Charlie Murphy's character yeah. later on, which was the, interesting. Uh, but it, it, I just felt it was really. Yeah. Weird, I also read actually. that it was uh, highly unrealistic because later on Charlie Murphy's character puts a bomb in the battery pack of the laptop, of a laptop that's going on a flight to Rome with a bunch of British government, British government people. officials, yeah. and so obviously the plan is. To kill everyone on the plane. But from what I read, bomb of that size would have just killed the guy using it. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of... Obviously, the, it's movie magic. Yeah, I mean, I think it... Because it, like, it's quite a large explosion when like they throw... Yeah, the cops, like, throw it away. Huge. I'm like, Gee, like, Jesus Christ, what? Is that laptop made of yeah. Semtex or something? But from what the experts say, anyway, it wouldn't have even damaged the plane that much. Yeah. Just I, superficially. I think fine, maybe it could blow out a window, but... I mean, I don't know, like, if British cabinet people even just fly commercially. Yeah. I suppose... <laughs> what did you think of... The ending, the climax being I... Jackie finally catching up to the IRA members who killed his daughter, 
and then his getting away after the fact. I really like this 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 the fight scene towards the end where you know the they're, they're, the IRA cell that did this. They're in yeah. the apartment. They the cops are have them under surveillance. Yeah, he comes in like pretend as like the the gas man. Yeah, uh, and he, and I and the thing is, you're just like oh, so you there's just this very good tension, and you know something's going to happen, and like it's. They empty up the bag, nothing there, and then it's like, oh, it's a fucking machine gun. Yeah, it's a machine gun yeah. wrapped up in in some cloth, and then he just grabs it and starts. I killing. I really really like this scene. This was really intense, yeah. really well done. I I just like how the gun gets like shot out of his hands, and then yeah. he's like the other guy goes around the corner, and he's up in the ceiling like. This is yeah, brilliant. It's, just, it's more classic crappy. It's kind of weird seeing him using a machine gun. I don't think. I've seen him do that kind of... Obviously, he's had pistols in movies yeah. before, but he's so well-known for doing the martial arts. I, I suppose it was I interesting I suppose you couldn't shows. have him yeah. without it in that scene. I did find it really funny, though, that their way of hiding all of the bomb-making components is just put a sheet over it. Yeah. It's like, they're supposed to be, you know, high, well, highly trained, in air quotes, IRA <laughs> members, and their whole plan to hide their bomb-making kit is with a sheet. Yeah. I mean, like, you kind of guess that, oh, they were kind of caught off guard, but you're about to like do this operation. Yeah. Surely you'd you'd be more prepped than that. I mean, you if you, so. it's just weird. But I, I thought the ending was grand. I mean, yeah, I mean, I... it got really tense just because what's happening is I think it's SO15, which is the counterterrorism task Police force, force yeah. in the UK, have found out where they are. They're staking out the place. They're ready to go in with their version of the SWAT team. They have what is it like uh, shape charges around the 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 floor of the apartment upstairs. They're yeah. gonna blow and then just drop down. And they have people just outside to burst in through the door. And then Jackie knocks on the fucking door and everything halts. We have no idea what's going on, who's at the door. And then he's murdering them all and they're just trying to figure out what the fuck is happening inside that room. And he escapes before they even get in. Just at the last moment. It's so tense. I really loved it. I thought it was a great scene. And I I guess it kind of ends happily. All the loose ends are tied off. The cops stop the bombing by torturing her one, which is a bit jarring. Yeah, I mean, once again, that that was... kind of historically accurate in a sense oh there is I mean I've I, I, once again I don't want to imply myself and Stu were in the IRA here however when we were in college we did <laughs> we they, they did have two people who were falsely accused uh, oh, of yes. being an IRA that did two separate IRA bombings in like the probably the, the Maguire 7 the Birmingham 6 Birmingham 4 I cannot remember what number. Sorry if I get the numbers wrong, but the fact is, the fact that I can't get the numbers wrong because there's so many of them. But there were numerous cases where the British just found a bunch of Irish lads and just said, "Yeah, I think they did the bombing," and yeah. just and made up a lot of evidence, like literally and beat the shite out of them, put guns to their heads, basically forced confessions. Yeah. So and we had to, we met two of them. Yes. They were giving like a speech, and we we attended it and harrowing stories. I think it's oh, fair yeah. to say it was rough. Um. So definitely that kind of thing happened, although. I think it was a bit much when they got killed at the end. I mean, they, you would presume cops would arrest someone even if they were like that. But I suppose in the context of it, fine. But it's yeah. a bit... I mean, it, it's yeah. not to say that it didn't happen in the past. I wouldn't expect it to happen in the it's current the kind era. of thing where, like... If... See, part of that now is that I think the book was written in, like, 1994. Yeah, it was before which... the even the first ceasefire yeah, in the so 90s, yeah. It could have happened then. I think it should have been changed for the movie because it's not something that would have happened in 2017 when I, the movie came yeah, out. Yeah, I think that while we know in the past the British police have lied about these kind of things and yeah. covered things up, like, if that was, like, a soldier doing that, that would be a war crime. They would be, yes, you know, they'd be off to the Hague. Um, I don't think it. I don't think it's morally justifiable what they did. Although I suppose I saw like the kind of reaction lines of people kind of. 
I looked at YouTube comments and clips about this were like, oh, I'm glad she died and she got what's coming to her. I'm not saying she was a good person, but at the same time, I don't think it's... Yeah, executing a prisoner... Like, <laughs> getting someone who was like severely injured who you have just tortured information yeah. out of by the way is I don't think that doesn't make you any better than the, the IRA it really doesn't and I you know we're going to get in a lot of trouble for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> or we're going to get recruited by someone <laughs> Chris Robb he's off in maneuvers <laughs> is that a hurry Rob? Sure uh, the last thing then is obviously that in the end they actually leave Jackie go so uh, his character goes back to his little restaurant his Chinese restaurant I and, presume uh, it's a, I don't think it's implied that's like his wife or kind of his girlfriend Rob you really didn't pay much attention to this movie at all now did you did I miss his, something massively here I know his, I know his, his, his wife and two of his daughters I know they died by, by pirates, pirates. But she's just a friend of his yeah. who works in well, the I restaurant but I think it's kind of implied that they're there's a little bit of that going on. I, I got the vibe anyway. Possibly. I mean, yeah. by the end, definitely, because they started kissing. But That's uh, what gave it away. Yeah, it might have been. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like there's a... a oh, uh, they're such good friends. There's a red dot on Jackie's head. Yeah. Like, you know they have a sniper trained on him. Yeah. And then Commander Bromley just kind of says, leave him off. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to poke the bear or something. Or wake the dragon, of course. Yeah. And it's like because that's, that's not racist at all. I mean, sure, obviously it's a nineteen ninety four book, so it's going to be a little. But you're about to shoot him in the head. How is that waking the dragon? Also, you know, I don't think letting him off is like okay. Is he morally right in the right? Maybe, but he he committed terrorism effectively. Like he he like used the, explosives. Like he. I suppose the real that. question there is. Would the sequence of events in the movie have happened in a similar way if he hadn't been there? Um, Would they have stopped the IRA bombing of the... the you raise the, a fair point, the actually. You raise, hadn't been there. you raise a fair point because like the cops are onto the cell. It's just that, did he contribute anything to that? And I guess that's a hard question to answer. I think... I think he, he definitely pushed they, well, I think, Pierce Brosnan's character to figure out more information. Obviously. Yeah, and I think like but, I think his wife was obviously was killed by Sean, his nephew, as kind of to tie everything up. Then Sean was sent in exile because Sean was kind of he was involved in it, wasn't he? He knew about it. No, he. he oh, that was just because he was having the affair. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he grand. unwittingly gave the information away. Um, yeah, I, I think it's that whole thing where it's almost like there's two parallel kind of things. Like there's a police investigation into yeah, the IRA the police and then Jackie with, Chan's one. With the, uh, the burn mark on the hand would have caught them. But would it have got them in time for the explosion? Because that was like right down to the wire almost. But Possibly. It's got it's kind of hard to, yeah, to say it, exactly. Vague, but there is a, a chance that this. his role mightn't have been necessary for yeah, him to have gotten caught. I mean, it wouldn't have been as cool without him in there. I think it, I think it just, just like him there flicks on Sky News. Oh, they're all dead. Well, that solves that problem. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray, I better call Liam and thank him. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, this is actually a fair point. I didn't really think about that. But Yeah, yeah I mean, obviously it's it's a fictional story, so... I hope it so. It is what it is. <laughs> so if it said based on true events, we'd be uh, looking into the history books for this one. Um, There, there was one... <laughs> I'll tell you at the end actually alright I think that's all we really have for spoilers is it? I yeah I can't think of anything uh, else really the other thing then I suppose is setting there were a lot of actual places in yeah. London including the uh, the whatever Golden Peacock or Royal Peacock or whatever yes. his restaurant was other than that you have the old Royal Naval, Naval College which I actually recognise because it's in Thor the Dark World 
Yeah. It's like the climax of that movie takes place there, so it kind of pulled me out of it a bit. I might be incorrect in saying this. I think it's the headquarters used in the film, um, you know, Tom Cruise, where he's like, they're fighting the aliens. Is that Edge of Tomorrow? Which is also called Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, I was trying to, I do had the two names. I think that's the headquarters that they use or like they it escape from be. at the end I that's what I recognise it from and I, because I know I'm England wrong. was the, the base because all of Europe had been taken over yes yes um, so I thought that was kind of it but anyway but I thought that was a nice it's a nice building yeah the the other big thing to talk about with setting is uh, Belfast and the graffiti that they show yeah um, I don't did they actually film that in Belfast I've been twice I don't um, I believe Part of it was a lot of yeah. it, a lot of I think the wood scenes were actually filmed in America because I was thinking that didn't look like an Irish woods or anything. I mean, not well, to say just, that yeah, it's, it's not easy to tell, but from what I saw filming yeah. locations, there except for Belfast itself, or maybe <laughs> some of the ex- exterior scenes. Yeah, the I, ones I suppose really filmed in Ireland. I it was just like I don't. I'm not saying there aren't like woods or forests in Ireland. It's just that scene was a bit. I thought it didn't look right. It's kind of hard to explain. Maybe yeah. it's just the trees or layout or something. They just looked a bit, yeah, but, bit off. But yeah, back on track, Rob. The okay. the graffiti that they they showed in Belfast, which is a really big part of the history of the Troubles in yes, Northern Ireland, the whole murals and the size yeah. of buildings and all that. You know, uh, you're now entering Free Dairy and things like that, which isn't in Belfast, of course. I know, but it, like <laughs> we're talking specifically about the the graffiti in Northern Ireland. Yeah, I think that was fair enough. I mean, yeah, it's good to show it at the very least. I think it. I well, I will. I think you can criticize the villain for I think sim- simplifying things and making it convoluted and not having entirely accurate things. There are little touches like that that kind of like okay, someone with a bit of knowledge obviously made an input into this. Yeah, but which you would hope for such a... Sensitive-ish topic. Yeah, a very sensitive topic. Yeah. So next we'll go on to is some online reviews. So I took a look there on Rotten Tomatoes to see if I could find any interesting reviews. And uh, I found some of the funnier ones, uh, which I'm going to go through now. So um, three stars. Watch the trailer and you've basically seen everything. Would you agree with that? Uh, some of the better parts, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree. I think didn't like a lot of it. I mean, I think what that kind of shows is that it's endemic in all movies now where the trailers do kind of give away a lot. Yeah. But then at the same time, just seeing Jackie Chan doing those amazing stunts in the fight scenes, hmm. it's kind of worth going through some of the lower parts of the movie yeah. to get to. I, I more or less agree with that. Next one, 2.5 stars, The Rage and the IRA. Okay. <laughs> That's all it said. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> Don't know why. Two stars. Now that I have seen it once, I never need to watch it again. I'd agree. Glad I did not spend slash wasted money to see it in theatres. Jackie Chain, specifically he says Chain, okay. did pretty good dramatic performance, but movie is way too slow. Not the end leaves you disappointed. That's it. That's uh, my review, right? Very it? long dramatics, few <laughs> action. I mean, uh, that's what a review. If you could, re- well, I didn't call him Jackie Chain, but like, I mean, I, I, I hope not. Although, what a cool name, Jackie <laughs> Chain. <laughs> um, like a video game character, <laughs> wrestler, or something. That's kind of how I felt about it. It's not not inaccurate. Okay, last review then. One star. What an awful film. I love Jackie Chan. This was absolute garbage. The main reason The Foreigner fails on all respects is that it's a dull, uninteresting look at politics between the Irish and the British. Movies about politics are never interesting, period. Pierce Brosnan's Irish accent is horrible. It definitely picked that one specifically for you, 
in terms of movies or politics being on. I've liked some of them, but I think this one it isn't an accurate depiction at all about anything about that. <laughs> I don't think it's massively inaccurate. And if, if like if this was like being released in China, I think this is how things still are in Ireland and particular some of the things. I think it, that is disingenuous, and I think yeah, yeah I maybe I can see that. Then uh, we have a few bits of trivia. So you already caught me on the uh, Jameson single malt, which I was going to ask you to see if you had caught. So well done for yeah. you. I'll stay. I'd always get the whiskey thing. <laughs> that's a gold star for Rob. <laughs> so another thing that they actually got wrong in the movie is that when the IRA bombers call up, they call Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland, which they the IRA would never do. They yeah. would call it the North of Ireland specifically. Yeah, there's they don't there's a look there's a complicated term called Irish public legitimacy. They don't yeah. recognise the Northern North Ireland being separate. as being separate, and they also don't recognise this country Ireland as being separate either. Yeah, they they think that because when we signed an agreement with the the Anglo Irish agreement in 1921 with the Brits to basically have our deal that it was illegitimate because the representatives were only of the 26 counties, not the 32. So yeah. They they don't recognise either state as legitimate. They feel that their army council is actually the government pending reunification. Yeah. That's a separate... That is a lengthy thing we won't go into right now. Definitely. There was, so, uh, there was one other thing I, I wanted to mention. I read this article this week. I don't know when it came out, but I felt it was relevant to this film. Uh, Stu, you know, the IRA, uh, a group of them once went to North Korea to train. Ooh, not a good look. No. I, I will say, because as I said earlier, the IRA split a lot. This was the official IRA, which was the one that was kind of a bit communisty, Not the provisional look, IRA. But, I mean, yeah. it's not a good look. I mean, the IRA have done some shady things in the past. Yeah. I know at one point, didn't they try to get weapons off of the Nazis? That's a... Oh, Sean Russell and them. That's a good thing we don't have a statue of him in top... Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, Rob, we're not starting a political movement here. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, to, just to tell the North Korean thing, about six of them went over there, and obviously they, um, they were kind of more socialist orientated version of the IRA. Right. They'd been kind of bigged up, and the North Koreans seemed to think that they were like a massive army that had tanks oh. and were like really serious. And they, they said they didn't like it at all because they were like got up at six o'clock in the morning. They these are like six lads from the north. They weren't in fantastic shape for like the drills they were doing. And they said we had to eat like Northern Irish potatoes. Yeah, and he said like at one point they had to eat like soup, and it had like he said oh, it was dog soup, and there was literally he said there's a chunk of fur in it. Oh. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> But that's what one of the guys oh, said. No. I, I just thought it was worth mentioning because I just felt that was hilarious. And and in, in a way, maybe that was the inspiration behind all of this. That was in like Weird, 80, 88 like that happened. You can write your own book called The Korean Man and we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Another piece of trivia. In February 2016, two reports were made to the London Metropolitan Police about a terrorist attack made on the Lambeth Bridge. They didn't after tell... local citizens were not told about the oh, controlled stunt God. explosion made on the double-decker bus. That was... I, I mean, that's the not that the smart thing to do. That's That's got to be terrifying for people, that they weren't told about it. I mean, London does get hit quite regularly with terrorist attacks. I, wouldn't, I think it's just going to say regularly. There certainly have been a few. Yes. Yes, but I... Jesus, that would be terrifying. <laughs> it's the kind of thing where you'd put up a lot of signs saying, look, it's just, this is all pretend. Oh, you'd want to have this people going to the houses to tell yeah. these people and calling back to houses that didn't Jesus answer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Especially when it's like a double-decker bus blowing up. I mean, That happened in 2005, 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> and uh, the last piece of trivia there I have is in the movie, Hennessy describes a previous nickname, Butcher of the Bogside, when referencing uh, his terrorist past. 
However, it was actually, while we know that he was kind of portraying Derry Adams, but That's it was actually Martin true. McGuinness it was, was the butcher at Bogside. Yeah, and Bogside isn't Derry, in case anyone knows. It's, it's the, the nationalist part of Derry. Like, that's where you had the AGR entering free Derry signs. That's there. That's yeah. sort of where the civil rights movement, which formed into the Troubles, kind of took out. After all of that, Rob, it's down to the ratings. What do you think? A crock of gold or a crock of shite? Crock of shite. Uh, the action scenes are really good, like Jackie Chan's performance. Pierce Brosnan isn't bad, barring the accent. It's too boring, too hard to follow. I had to watch this in more than one sitting. This was... I like I watched this in 2017 when it came out, and that was, I think, it was more than one sitting. I had to watch that in as well. I did rewatch the action scenes in it because they were good. Uh, this time was about three sittings, I think. I would not have rewatched this had we not had to do it for the podcast. I <laughs> really think that if this was re-edited to take out some of that, cut it down, and just have more emphasis on the action scenes, it would be a lot better. I wouldn't strictly recommend this film. I would recommend people look up on YouTube the action scenes. That's what I'd say, but I think this film is boring, not in places bad pacing uh, massively inaccurate as we discussed earlier and a lot yeah. of things I think is not maybe not the message you want to give out about Ireland but yeah I'm going to have to say Crocoshite as well while the action scenes kept me in, invested in the movie just about there wasn't much else to it and as we said quite inaccurate depictions of the IRA in a lot yeah. of ways not enough filming in Ireland is what I say gotta get real Irish there's, there's, a, there's, a fair, <laughs> there's a fair point to it I mean I think if you had more Irish people helping with the writing of it it wouldn't be as mental as it but I know because it was fun in large part by China and maybe for like a bit of a mixed audience across the world yeah. I get you have to do that apparently but, there were yeah. longer scenes in the Chinese version as well yeah okay not not adding a lot of content but I think there's fight scenes and some other small aspects right. well we watched the version on Netflix I presume that was the English dub so oh yes yeah because of course it's on Netflix and that's, the, that's the where we watch it version yeah that's what I watched too Rob damn it mine didn't have Chinese <laughs> subtitles at all so um if you have your own rating, a review of the movie, yeah. please send it in to us. Um, if you feel we've misrepresented anything about the <laughs> history of Ireland or anything like that, please let us know. We did the very we did the very best we could. And bear in mind, you're probably going to hear like a condensed cut version that's still this time. <laughs> we're going to we're going to address all of this in much further in a, in a future podcast. We've already we're going to be working on it now. Please hold your judgment till then. We did the best we could with this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, next week's movie then is going to be The Yank from 2016 uh-huh. with Colin Meany and Fred Willard. It's going to be out next Monday. We haven't really said it properly in the yep. podcast, but we're well, going to try to get him out aiming to have every Monday. Monday. This is the first film that I haven't seen, The Yank, so beforehand. Yeah. So I, I'm actually, I'll be watching the, this for the first time as well. From the trailer, it looks interesting and we should get a lot of content out of it. I think it looks good, but I think we're, we have a good few things lined up. Hopefully. If you'd like to review the show... And subscribe on uh, whatever podcast app of your choice. Tell a friend, definitely. That always helps out just to build our listenership. Contact us on Twitter, guys, at BlarneyPod. And you can also email us at TalkingBlarneyPod at gmail.com. So TalkingBlarneyPod, all one word, at gmail.com. It's up on Twitter, though, so you'll see it there. Yeah, it should be there. All right, so, Stu, I, I think we'll, 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 we'll agree to disagree in some of that. <laughs> overall, pretty meh. Looking forward to the Yank, though. Yeah, we'll see what that's like. Uh, See you guys next week. See you then. Take care. Bye.